This is the Skies Blue Podcast. Well, hello, everybody. It's uh, yes, Sky is Blue Post Podcast again, and uh, perhaps we were thinking it might be an end of the season one, but. Well, we've got at least one more match to talk about. With me, Phil Tooley, Stuart Basson, Paul Fisher and Daryl Carpenter. After Chesterfield uh, did the business after a little bit of a wobble, wasn't there, around those uh, Hartlepool and Torquay defeats. But then, you know, a bit of a rallying call, Wheelston apart. And of course, we could always argue that the one point gained against Wheelston got Chesterfield into the playoffs, couldn't we? So, uh, yeah. it's a playoff special and aware we've been and we'll be talking about all the injuries that have been coming our way and the looking forward of course to Meadow Lane on Saturday at four o'clock. We'll kick off at four o'clock is it? So first of all um, you know the season's end at Halifax Stewart it was uh, nervy um, it wasn't the best Chesterville played all season but my word it was uh, an enjoyable afternoon wasn't it? It certainly was, Phil, yes. I thought we reasonably well controlled it. Um, there was a spell in, in the second half, wasn't, wasn't there, after we sort of presented them with their equaliser, where um, they looked a bit lively down our left uh, more than anywhere else. Uh, but obviously, the manager made the change at half-time, and um, that sort of stitched that hole in our defence up. And after that, I thought we were fairly comfortable. I think it would have been a bit rough on us if we hadn't have gone on to win really and you know Liam Mandeville Paul um, probably one of the players who splits opinion more than the most with the first goal a header no less mm. and uh, a, a, an Old Trafford reminiscent uh, Andy Morris tapping for old Mr Tyson <laughs> uh, to to score so um, <laughs> you yeah, well know Liam Mandeville as well yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased for Liam Mandeville as well, you know, so he's, obviously the manager's got him in his thinking, he still says he's young at 24, and I, I don't think I've ever been was young at 24, but, uh, you know, there was, a, uh, they, um, he's obviously still in his, his thoughts, I don't know whether he's doing an R over, whether for a contract or not, but he keeps playing in, doesn't he, and, and um, he's coming up with the goods on uh, more often than not now, that's two vital goals, one easily, and one there at Halifax as well. So uh, that's uh, very impressive. And how good is it we can bring on a 39-year-old who doesn't actually play like a 39-year-old, does he? He's, he's a, 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 a spring chicken, isn't he, Nathan Tyson, being uh, Johnny on the spot there, just put the ball in the back of the net. So I don't know whether it was going to go in or not. I'm not too sure whether we can see that replay or not. I'm not too sure. No, but uh, uh, decent ball uh, in. The, the position that I was at, which was inside the function room, quite near the, <laughs> that end, <laughs> Uh, we were in the perfect angle to, yeah. to see it, and no, it would have gone beyond the the, the far post. But it was a, a lovely piece of play from Mandeville. And those tappings, you still have to be there, don't you? you have to be. Yeah. You know, Scott Bowden been there, and it's the anticipation and it's the gambling to get there. And there were big shouts for offside, which you know, when you've seen the angle from the side that Mandeville was on, as yeah. opposed to angle from the other side he clearly stepped up and was was clearly onside there was a yeah. guy yeah. inside the six yard box and and Tyson when the ball was played was on the edge of the yeah. six yard box so yeah there was there was no question about that regardless of what Pete Wilde 
uh, sort of say. And of course, all things being equal, if Tyson appears on Saturday at Notts County, um, he won't even be the oldest man on the pitch because Mike Doyle, Michael Doyle is uh, a few uh, months mm. older than him for Notts County. So uh, yeah, he'll, yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll be the silver medal spring chicken. Won't he? Uh, and if Tyson does play, he'll be playing against his former club as well, won't he? That uh, that's what got him from. So yeah, absolutely right. And and Daryl, you know, uh, um, at the time that Danny Rowe, who was the previous week's hero, went off, which we subsequently found out was illness, which was a relief uh, yeah. to all concerned. Uh, yeah. And and Tyson had to come on. He got best part of an hour to to play. And um, you know, it it, it was looking. A little bit tougher at that point than than it had been doing five minutes earlier, wasn't it? Well, exactly right. Because as Stuart said, I I felt we were in control until inexplicably, for a man who's been playing very well, but I thought had a fairly awful first half. But he proved after getting the manager's wrath at half time, Manny, who inexplicably, when Taylor showed the guy inside, just let the ball run past him. It was yeah bizarre. Um, and talking of offsides, which ours wasn't, but you, you could argue that the guy that ran across the front of Montgomery mm. uh, when when the kid had the shot from the edge of the box was definitely interfering with play and was offside. But anyway, we digress. We got we got what we wanted. I thought Tyson was exceptional when he came on, led the line. He gives us something other players don't that we can stretch teams. Um, you've never got a lost cause with him either. And the intelligence of the run, Phil, I think you mentioned for the goal. Yeah, it's tapping. It's only a tapping because he's 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 made a movement away from the goal, taken the defender with him, and gone in ahead of the near post and in front of the defender, which very few players at that level have the the now sort of the ability to do. So he's uh, he's a very handy operator to have on your bench, uh, and we might we might be very grateful of him in the next few years. And Daryl coming up against the likes of uh, Mayer and Byrne and Clark at the back for Halifax, who are very, very good at keeping a shutout, keeping a clean sheet. Mm. Uh, you sometimes need that bit of nous to uh, to overcome that. How many times has has Nathan Clark been the man of the match against us oh, in, yeah. in recent yeah. years? Despite the fact that a lot of Halifax fans think is 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 past his best, but he never is when he plays us. <laughs> no, he, he always has a good game, doesn't he? I think the other person to mention, and I, I only noticed when I, I, I looked again at the highlights, was what a big part in the goal Lawrence Maguire played. Mm, yes. Um, and, and he made the kind of run he'd made earlier in the season from left centre-back to almost right, right inside right, inside right mm. to lay the ball off to Mandeville. Um, he's been very good, Lawrence. I think he's his best Yeah, he, he, he has, and there's no question that playing that left side of a three when you've got a destroyer in the middle, Stuart, uh, mm. whether that's Hollis, uh, the way he's played this season, or, or Gunning, uh, just perhaps gives him that little bit more confidence to, to be able to travel with the, the ball as, as in the goal that Daz has just described. Absolutely. If you know that someone's got your back, you know, that, that, that sort of frees your mind a bit doesn't it i suppose um and he's done that a few times this season hasn't he just sort of gone buccaneering forwards you know like old steve blatherwick bless him used to do once a game you know um 
and and and, and as, as Daryl says, very effective on on um, on Saturday, and instrumental in that third goal. It, it I, I don't know if it's possible for there to be two assists, but you know Maguire should have got one as much as as Mandeville did for Tyson's goal, certainly. And I'm sure we're coming to Mad Gav in a little while, Paul. But um, Will Evans out in the cold. Nobody's seen him for week after week after week. Comes back in, whether there's been anything going on behind the scenes or what. He's shown what a professional he is. Mm. And that, that right side of the three is his position. Because the one game he did play when Gunning and Hollis uh, were both absent, um, it, it, um, it, it wasn't the same Will Evans, was it? No, I don't think you... Yeah, I, I think that... Um... The word that you used there was professionalism, isn't it, about him, what a professional he is, to be out in the cold for a while, you know, really out of the manager's plans. Um, you know, there were other players getting games ahead of him um, for him to just slot back in. And it's only, he's only in because of injuries, you know, and, and to play like he has done and, you know, not, not sort of throw a strop or anything on the field. You know, he doesn't look like that way mm-hmm. or anything. You don't know what's going off behind the scenes, of course. Um uh, he's also playing for a contract, isn't it? Because it's end, of, end of, you know, it's up at the end of the season. Um, so, in to come in and play, and then to slot into that three uh, in place of Fraser Kerr and in place of Yarny um, gives him a lot of credit, uh, in my opinion, as well. And I know, again, he's another Marmite player in the in the squad, isn't he, Evans? But when Rowe spotted straight away to put him to the right hand side of the, the three. It helped him, and he's, you know, to him mm. develop, and he play, and he's played well the last last few games, and you know, it's as if he's never been away. To be honest, Phil. No, absolutely. He, he you know, it's a credit to himself how he's yeah. how he's come back into the uh, into the mix. But of course, the man at the moment at the back, Daz, is your man Mad Gav, um, who just seems to have been the type of centre half that we've not had for as long as I can remember. We had that spell of Hollis until he picked up his, uh, his, his nasty Achilles injury. But I, I, I'd struggle to think of of the last person. Laurie with... Mad. Yeah, yeah, okay. He was mad as well. Yeah, well that, that was his name, wasn't it, really? He, yeah. yes. he, he was very forgetful in the press box, Phil, as well, wasn't he? So yeah. I remember that as well when he, <laughs> he turned to the press floor. Uh, uh, but that level of... of just absolutely brick wall scenario. You know, it, 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 it's back to your Nicky Laws and mm. Latherwicky yeah. type of things from from a Chesterfield perspective, isn't he? Just just how much of a difference has he made? Because of course, when he was playing in midfield at Notts County and scored the winning goal, it was a what on earth are we playing him in midfield for? <laughs> yeah, he's just a born winner. He's slightly mad. In fact, he's probably very mad. Um, I think we've all seen Picking Virgil van Dijk in the kahunas. <laughs> Picking the ball up, walking off the pitch for no reason. And <laughs> loads of them getting sent off in playoffs and all sorts. But hmm. he's clearly a leader. Uh, I think the other players respect him, but they're also scared to bloody death of him. Yes. Probably more so than they are in James Rowe. And he never stops talking, does he? I mean, he, he's constantly on at people. And, and if you drop below what he considers to be a standard, giving a ball away or doing something daft, 
He just goes ballistic. Mm. Uh, and that has to affect everybody around you. We haven't had anybody like that. Donkey, I can't even remember who was that player ever in, in that mode. I... Go on, sorry. Yeah, go on, Stu. I, mean, I was going to say, I, I, I spent as much of the Dagenham game after he picked up his injury watching him as I did of watching the ball. Yeah. And towards the towards the end of it, after, sec- after he'd gone down for the second time and got up again, he was marshalling Jack McCourt to kind of stand close to him so that if he needed anybody to do any leg work, uh-huh. he was telling McCourt to go and fetch the ball and do this and kick him and all that sort of thing, you know. And it was well, just it, it, it so Lawrence, educational it to watch. Band, he? Mm. It, it gave Lawrence Maguire the armband on that day because he was going to go off and then he changed his mind and got it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic yeah, so to Whittle. watch, though. Yeah, Whittle's struggling. I've only got three broken legs. You know, yeah, I can carry on. Send Whittle yeah. off. He was breathing heavy. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. But no, we haven't had anybody like that for ages, have we? And you think of the people that have been brought in who have been built up to be like that, like Gerard and all that lot. They're absolutely not fit to be on the same planet, much less the same football pitch, are they? And, and Paul you know. Cook was right, wasn't he, ages ago, wasn't he? You always need an enforcer. You, do. you know, that's that's the reason why he signed Ian Everett. You know, we, we couldn't run anymore mm. when he signed me in 2013. There was doubts about his, uh, his, you know, his knees and whatnot and everything. But Paul Cook realised that he needs somebody like Ian Everett, didn't he? And, you know, and he got, managed to get him. And, and, and look what happened. You know, it was, it was a perfect signing for that perfect time, wasn't it? Uh, for the second and- time around. And as Stuart's just sort of said about McCourt, he got Ryan and Morsey. Exactly, um, yeah. Of him doing yeah. doing all the legwork, you know. And uh, you know, clearly Ian Everett, congratulations to him. I, I, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think any of your stato pal Stuart have ever uh, worked out if anybody's got promotion from the National League and followed it by promotion from uh, old level Division 4 with different clubs. That must be something that, that doesn't happen all that all that often. No, yeah, very true. Yeah. So, you know, there's a chance of it happening with the same club, but the chance of it happening with two different clubs, and especially yeah. like Bolton that were like Portsmouth when Cookie went to Portsmouth, that they were only yeah. on the way down, a bit like when James Rowe, Rowe came to Chesterfield. Mm. But you, you've got to not only turn them round, you've got to point them in the right direction at a pace because yes. they're the clubs that demand that uh, that level. So well done, well done Evo and, uh, and, and, and Co there looked uh, a, a really... Uh, um, terrific job that he's done at a, a car crash of a club um, at the point that he he, he went in there. Um, mm. but, well, he's a leader, Phil, isn't he? And yes, uh, you know we you need one. You need his influence on the pitch. You need it in the dressing room. You, clearly, you know we, we all saw the social media clips going around. The, weekend. the, the rest of the players obviously respect him enormously. Mm. Uh, um, he's different and at, at this level somebody with his will to win and drive to pass on to other players around you it, it, it's a rare quality it's a rare quality yeah. and talking about uh, passing things on to players it was a little bit of a surprise when Danny Webb came in uh, Paul as as the first team coach you know, obviously George Foster assistant manager and a manager, assistant manager, and coach is no unusual thing. No. But yeah, Rowe had been operating from coming in 
uh, uh, without that position right through until yeah, whether it was the the defeats against Hartlepool and Torquay back to back that did something about it because he came in I think Woking the next game was his first uh, game uh, at the club pool. And I think that's helped to lighten the load as well, and and probably be one of the reasons that Chesterfield have finished with a one-drawn, one-one. Yeah, I think that um, it, it said it was a, a bit of a shrewd move, wasn't it? Look, Chesterfield's a bigger club than Gloucester City, isn't it? There's more admin to be done, isn't there? And there's more things to take on the training pitch, and maybe there's a bigger squad as well. So to delegate another bit of a job and to bring in a, a first-team coach like that, who's got the same probably ideas as as James Rowe so um you know he can go back to experience for George Foster but he maybe just needed something a little bit different so it's been a, a, certainly a good uh, good shrewd investment hasn't it into the the coaching staff there and I think it's worked very well so um so yeah good good move that from James Rowe and just somebody else to have a, a shoulder to to sort of lean on as well and I did ask him Stuart uh, before the match at Woking I did ask him a, a, a quiz question, which was, can you remember who you made your league debut against? And he couldn't. And it was against Chesterfield. He came on as a last minute substitute. He played in cup games mm. for Southend before that. His dad, Dave, was the manager at Southend at the time. But he couldn't remember he made his league debut against Chesterfield. But the only other game he ever played against Chesterfield was when one Nathan Abbey uh, booted the ball from... Uh, sorry, uh, uh, um, Bobby Zamora yeah, booted Zamora, the ball from yeah. Nathan Abbey. And he said, oh, I remember that. but yeah uh, uh, and when you look at his back catalogue he was he was the number two to justin edinburgh at uh lake norian yeah when they went up yep time and uh uh, and Mm. i asked james rowe and he 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 said you know after uh justin edinburgh passed away i think i think uh danny webb sort of was very very close to him and and sort of uh moved away from Orient on the back of that as much as anything. He did have a very short spell as, as caretaker manager. But, mm. uh, um, you know, it, it was uh, the, the disappointment, I think, of that. And then, so he, he felt he needed to move on to to get a new a new lease of life. Yeah. He's coached yeah. at quite a few um, decent club academies. Mm. Might have our own sort of replacement waiting in the wings if uh, Everton get in touch about yeah. Potentially, potentially, potentially could well be. But, yeah, we're talking about getting into the playoffs, but a few weeks ago, with that showing at Hartlepool particularly, and then Torquay at home, it it looked a a tough ask after we were all looking at the top three, having beaten Kings Lynn to make it five on the bounce. You know, it shows Mm. how quickly it it can change. And, you know, James Rowe, the same as most managers are, has always been one about uh, um, the next match, the next match. But at that point, like all of us, he was sort of saying it's about securing the playoffs as quickly as possible and trying to get in that top four or five to make sure you get a home game. And mm. perhaps, perhaps everybody associated with the club were counting the chickens a little bit too uh, early, Daryl. I think so. I mean, I was shocked how bad we were in that first half at Hartlepool. Um, everybody said how well they played. And they did, but they played how I've seen Hartlepool play most of the season. And we were faffing about at the back. Uh, we, didn't, we, we were being pressured, so instead of going long and then trying to play in their half, we just kept being robbed of the ball. And we were sacking to everything, weren't we, all over the pitch. It was, 
it looked like a game too far. They'd obviously had, had a rest as well. We'd been playing Saturday, Tuesday for God knows how long. We'd racked up even more injuries. And uh, and we looked like a shadow of the side. And you thought, maybe we'd been found out here. In fairness to him, when he changed the shape at half-time and we started playing a bit more direct and, and got, uh, got the ball in their half, they didn't look very clever. Now, easy to say they've taken the foot off the gap. Their form would indicate since that they haven't been very good either, have they? <laughs> so maybe it was just a one-off half, but it, it was a bit of a shock to the system. Uh, not quite what we expected, was it? And that was immediately followed, Stuart, by the home defeat against uh, Torquay United, who, uh, again, they've they've sort of gone into, I think they've drawn their last five games, haven't they? they? They might have only lost one in 11, but they've not won one in five. They've not won in five. And But, but that... Uh, of course, Torquay were going hell for leather, thinking they could still win the league. Mm. Uh, um, you know, that, those, those two games made it look as though, well, we're, we're probably not going to get going to get there now. We just looked as though we played ourselves out completely, didn't we? Hartlepool and then Torquay straight afterwards. Um, you, you you came away from it thinking, well, you know, you've had a good go, but there you are. You know, it was obviously. Too much with as as, as Daryl says that you know playing twice a week for as long as we had to, and all of that, and you start to think, oh well, perhaps there's a benefit in not being in the playoffs because if we were to get to Wembley and lose, we've like got to, you know, you go away for a long weekend and then you're back for pre-season training and you haven't built your squad and all of that sort of thing. So if we're not going to do it, let's be out of them straight to begin with, and that's fine. And then we go and win four and draw one and get in the <laughs> yeah. blessed things you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes yeah. I, and of course the two contrasts in that run were Wilston at home and uh, Dagenham and Redbridge at home weren't they mm. yeah. uh, Wilston playing the unformed team <laughs> <laughs> Pre- previous yeah. win was the year before Chesterfield FC was founded and uh, Dagenham and Redbridge who'd won their previous 73 games on the bounce and, mm. and of course uh, a great performance against Dagenham and I wouldn't call it a woeful performance against Wilston but it was a, an under par performance mm. against uh, Wilston wasn't it Steve? It was sort of measured wasn't it really in a sense that it didn't we seemed to be a team that might have been a bit scared of the consequences of losing it rather than you know sort of straight focused on going out and winning it perhaps um i i don't recall very much of the game at either end that was worthy of sort of criticism um it it just seemed to be it was almost the kind of game that you could have watched chesterfield play almost at any critical point in their history wasn't it when you know we got to beat these people to stay up or to get in the playoffs or to go up or whatever and it's always usually a disappointing nil-nil you know and then that's it for another season but the one thing that came came out of it does was the end of the argument of smith versus montgomery that's not to say that smith's better than montgomery or montgomery's better than smith but it was a yes montgomery deserves his place in this side because he made those two absolutely terrific saves uh, near the end didn't he one of them was a real worldie yeah he's 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 proved very reliable, uh, as was Smith. I don't quite know what Smith might have done to have lost his place, to be honest, because he had a belter at Bromley when he, 
when they were chucking the kitchen sink at us in the last 10 minutes. He gave them the goal, admittedly, but after that, God, he made up for it. Uh, and he, he looked a really decent keeper. I think we mentioned last time, the best, best keeper we've ever seen to Tommy, but in fairness to James Montgomery, who had a couple of games earlier on, didn't he? Yeah, he came in for the one game. Mm. Uh, um, you know, Halifax, was it? Yeah, Halifax. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when I they think were... two of the fans were kind of blaming him for the defeat, which I never quite saw, to be honest. Mm. But, um, but he's he, he, he's been very composed, comes and plays the ball. Uh, he sounds quite vocal. You might know better, Phil, having been in the the grounds more than us. But um, yeah, either or at the minute, I think we're we're very fortunate. Um, um, the, the the other thing about the the Torquay game and the Wilston game was we had chances and we had them in the first 10, 15 minutes. And it, at this level, if you don't take that chance, mm. you leave yourselves wide open. And I know that's hit the, good. Hit the bar. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You know, goals change games, but I think even more so at this level, goals change games. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've not been uh, a first-half side. No. At all, all season, really. I think we scored a very early goal at Wilston and went on to to lose a penalty, yeah. Tom Tom um, Denton's penalty when Tyson got injured. Uh, then we've scored, I, I think, against Wrexham and was it Bromley nine and ten minutes? We've only we've only scored two goals all season inside the first ten minutes. If you include the tenth minute, we scored three. And for the amount of times that we've come out of the blocks quite quickly, that's that's not a good return, Paul, is it? No, that's not. That's. Uh... No, it's, I don't know. It's something to be looked at, or a bit of luck in that. Uh, we need to be more clinical in that that respect, I think, as well. Because as as it happens, it's cost us two points, hasn't it, against Wilson? Now, mm. obviously, on the face of it, that's going to look like uh, a good point going into the playoffs, of course. <laughs> but did it cost us a home tie for for later on? So, but it's there or thereabouts, isn't it? Really, I think um, that that Hartlepool game was so disappointing, though. Really, going back to. To it wasn't it really you know live on television you know we've done wonders to get even into that position mm. and then to chuck in a you know a performance like that really really sort of upset the the uh, upset the apple cart didn't it really and didn't make us darlings of bt sport i can say there's some of the the uh, the commentators as well weren't particularly impressed by us by that and that that might trigger on to to saturdays as well but um i don't know it um we shall see about that anyway with the partisan crowd, but more about that in a, in a, in a bit, I'm yeah. sure. But if we get into that position anyway, we all, by the way, we all said that we were going to get into the playoffs, so I don't know what we're worried about. We, yeah, we yeah, made that yeah, 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 anyway. yeah. Although I didn't expect it to be from an 80 or 79th minute winner, though, did you, on the, on the last no, day? No, no, uh, and, and <laughs> you know, I've, I've got a, a, a pal who's a Halifax fan who said some weeks ago, you know, it, it could be the decider and it was, oh, well, we'll be in, in them by then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, all that in the backdrop of of injuries, we've, we've yeah. talked about the, the long-term ones with Asante and Hollis before, but, you know, Kerr joined in the list and we've had times with Taylor and Whittle out and uh, uh, Weston's been in and out, hasn't he? It's been, been fairly disruptive on the injury front. And I know everybody gets them but there was Tom Denton right at the start of the season there's not many people who have played a great chunk of the season without their top scorer and second top scorer yeah. through long term injuries that's yeah, very yeah. unusual and with your two enforcer defenders Gunning's been in and out um, playing through the pain barrier but but um, 
Hollis as well, um, and and then to have lost Kerr. Uh, uh, well, we lost him twice for the season, didn't he? Only he recovered <laughs> about two days, and uh, then came, came back and, and and he was out with a nasty injury. So to do it in that, okay, people say, well, but Rose signed eighteen, nineteen different players or whatever it was, but it's the it's the keen age, it's that spine, isn't it? You know, mm. when Weston doesn't play in the National League for Chesterfield, we don't win. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and when neither Gunning nor Hollis is there, we haven't got anybody who can play to the level that they do that enforcer role. Yeah. So, well, well done the squad as a whole. And people like Yarny and Evans coming in, who everybody had written off. Yeah. Uh, and, do, and doing their bits. Hmm. Yeah, I, it's full credit to them, isn't it, really? You think about... Um... Yeah, Gunning it uh, slotted into that that position, just taking over from Hollis, really, in that, that sort of middle of the, the the park. You know, either he's got Evans to the right or Kerr, but Kerr's a big loss, isn't it, really? And I know he's out of contract to the end of the season. Whether we can sort of negotiate for him for next year, not too sure. But uh, that was a that was a blow. I thought that one's really going to hit his chances. But credit to Yarny, he came in, didn't he, for a couple of games, stepped in, but has not reappeared since that Hartlepool game and it's Evans really as it's taken up and we're, we're down to it that, that that's it now isn't it because it doesn't look like young shaman's going to get a look in at all does it so that's it we're really down to the bare bones and there's only the only one option of playing center half now is uh, carlin coming in to to, to play and then you're going to find somebody at right back then haven't you really that it'll yeah. have to be mccourt won't it and so that that's the dilemma they've got we really are down to the bare bones defensively yeah, and, and to be fair, uh, McCourt did a real good job at Woking, wasn't it, when for the injury and, and actually did look pretty good in that role. Bearing in mind, he'd hardly played. He was, he's somebody we didn't mention on the injury front. He'd hardly yeah, played yeah. As, as, as well at all, hadn't he? So, yeah, there, there has been that. But uh, uh, George Carline is is the one position that you, you can't think, with a fully fit squad, even with a fully fit squad, there isn't a natural replacement for him. There is for everybody else. They might be out injured, the natural replacements, or even the natural natural first choice. But there's no cover for Carline at all as a right back or a right wing back. No. And uh, what a season he's had! Absolutely phenomenal season. Uh, um, you know, and virtually played every minute. It was only that Solihull red card. And he was suspended against oh Solihull, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he just about played everything everything else since. And he was all strapped up, wasn't he, against Dagenham? Really struggling towards the end when Gunning couldn't walk and Whittle couldn't walk until he went off, and uh, Weston was struggling. So you know, uh, he he just seems to be a metronome to me. I I can't remember seeing a player with a, a an engine on like him for a long time. No. And I think, Phil, we're, we're actually in a, a fortunate position this year where the playoffs would normally, the eliminated was normally being midweek. So we'd have played them tonight, in fact, you know, mm. and then have to play the Torquay or whoever on Saturday or Sunday. You know, it would have been that. So it would have been a, a short turnaround. That's the the negative of finishing in sixth and seventh place mm. place mm. in the in the table. So you don't get the fully. But fortunately, we've got... A week and then another week and then another week. So your Gunnings mm. and Carlines and everybody can rest an ice bath and and whatnot for for a week and you know just rest up their bones. So we're we're really lucky this year that uh, we've been going to be in that situation. 
and Stewart uh, um, going into potentially three games not at our own on our own ga- grass. Um, we've actually picked up more points away from home this season than at home, so that should be something that shouldn't worry us. Although, of course, there will be home fans for Notts County and Torquay if uh, if we do make it through to Plainmore. But yeah, the, the away record, eleven wins this season, is is right up there, ninety four, ninety five, mm. which is it's awesome. only been only been bettered once, hasn't it? And in, in in all our time, and I think it's only been equaled once or twice as well. Um, yeah, we are good away from home. Um, I in, suppose in, in Rose time, it's set, it's ten wins from seventeen away matches. 58%, yeah. 57.5% win rate on away matches. Mm. Yeah, it, it's phenomenal, isn't it, really? Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd probably sooner have these games away than at home. I'd, home is supposed to be an advantage and not so rewarded with that. Um, but when you look at our away record, there's something about the way that we set ourselves up to go and play away that that makes us rather more successful than most clubs can expect to be um, well our record against the five teams above us this season uh at home played five lost five mm. and away we've won at Notts county and sutton so mm. uh, the other yeah. three so yeah. uh, uh, we we it wasn't anything to do with nil nil against wilsden losing badly at maidenhead it was that we picked up six points out of a possible 30 yes. against the top five teams. We've just yeah. fallen yeah. short against the best. Yeah. But yeah. against the best, we've only won away matches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. It, I suppose it might be a bit intimidating. I don't know. I mean, county's fans are mostly decent people that, you know, tend not to intimidate. It's the same as, as Halifax. I mean, I know there's only 800 of them there, but you can't really be intimidated by people talking in that, wonderfully sort of marshmallow West Yorkshire accent, can you? It's, I, I, you know, I, 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 I went to the uh, Chesterville FC Women's uh, uh, Cup final in the Trevor Clifton Trophy and spent quite a bit of time with uh, one of the co-vice chairman, Martin Thacker. And, and he said they felt quite intimidated <laughs> at Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> when they cheered when Chesterfield scored, he said, oh, it was quite intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It, uh, but, it's a big uh, old ground well, just to have 800 well, people rattling yeah, about well, in, isn't it? Well, oh, absolutely, the, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Failed in extra time, and unfortunately today they've heard that their application for promotion, because the, you know, the curtail season meant that it wasn't done on the par, uh, has been turned down. But I don't think they've completely given up yet, so let's hope they no. manage okay. to find something there. Yeah. Because they, the, the team that they lost to, Lincoln United, they were the last team that beat Chesterfield in November 2019. So, you know, they deserve to go up. They, yeah. they awarded a spot in the high division. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. But still, there's still a battle to be had and, and, and to progress. And I was talking to quite a few of the management team after the game. To progress, you've got to have close games like that week after week after week, winning two and three and four and five nil yeah. every week. You're not going to progress. No, no, no. Uh, Saturday, do we know what the capacity is at Meadow Lane? Do we know? Well, I, I, I think I've seen somewhere, but I'm not going to uh, swear to it. And I'm sure all our listeners have shouted to, uh, that they were entitled to sell 4,400 tickets or something yeah. like that. Which, yeah. um, in so a big old place like that, it is going to rattle about again, isn't it? You know, yeah. So, yeah. perhaps it's... Well, I mean, they're, they're more likely to get on their, uh, their own players back, Notts County fans, than than they are Chesterfields, you know. So, the more pressure, I think, is heaped on them. They mm. finish the higher up. 
um you know we just scraped in so yeah you know we've got all these injuries we've got the excuses lined up straight away anyway so you know <laughs> and i think that um no heap the pressure back onto them they're 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 a allegedly bigger club so um let them we, let them have it all so we, we we played two away games this season in front of fans uh mm-hmm. we're champions in front one of fans. both haven't we yeah, and we won at a team who had to win to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you know they, they they were both sort of one-sided atmospheres, and yeah, yeah we won in front of our own fans as well. Yeah. So crowds crowds is good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, th- yeah. This season, no no question about it. Can't be many looking. seasons where we've won every single game that we've played in front of spectators, can they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, as long as we can maintain that record for the rest yeah. of the season. Yeah. <laughs> That will be a good one to note down somewhere in a in yeah. a in an appendix. So looking forward to Notts County. What sort of uh, game does are you uh, are you expecting? You know, we 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 would have beaten Notts County twice this season had the games finished on ninety minutes. <laughs> uh, but as it happened, we lost one and and won one one away from home. Uh, Gab's free kick, Mad Gab's free kick, and then it was. It, it wasn't the end of John Pemberton because, uh, whereas I'm sure people think it was, it was of course John Dungworth was yeah. caretaker manager for the Notts County mm-hmm. game when we were two one up on ninety and lost three two. So what sort of game are you expecting? Because they've got their injury problems as well. They do. Um, I've seen them quite quite a lot on BT and and other things. He never impressed me. He certainly didn't impress me at our place because we were poor. Um, and we almost beat them with no confidence at all. I mean, confidence was zero when we played mm. them. Mm. That manager just left, etc., etc. Uh, a side more or less cobbled together, a formation cobbled together. Um, and then when we went down there, coming off the back of yet another COVID break, to be honest, we, we gave them a tactical and a football lesson. And it may only have been Mad Gab's sort of free kick that received the keeper. We had five, six, seven, eight chances and could have, could have scored three in the last five minutes. So I haven't seen anything at all, either against us or watching them play other teams about not, that worries me in the slightest, except are we fit? Mm. And that yeah. is the only, if we're fit, if he can get his first mm. such as it is on the pitch and they last the 90 minutes, I have absolutely no doubt we win the game. Mm. And and Paul, you know, their two leading scorers, uh, uh, Ruben Rodriguez and uh, Carl Wotton, both scored in that 3-2 uh, victory, if I remember. Um, it's about looking after them now. Wotton's hardly had a kick. I know he did score in that, but in the two games, yeah, he's been marshalled pretty well, hasn't he? And yeah. Notts County fans aren't the, the biggest Ruben Rodriguez fans i think i think chesterfield fans rated more than a lot of county uh, fans so you know if you can keep those two quiet um you know they've, they've got balduine and kelly evans that are pretty good down the flanks but you know the the, the engine that that whittle and whittle or taylor and carline have got um should at least make it difficult for them to get crosses in on a regular basis yeah i think i think you're right i think it's going to be an interesting uh, um sort of uh, clash of styles maybe um different manager of course for the yes. two games mm. that uh, 
that the Knots have got, who started off pretty poorly and then went on an unbelievable run, didn't he, to uh, cement their place with one game to go in the playoffs. So, you know, but although they've they've sort of lost last time to Bromley, didn't they, who seemed to want it more a little bit. Maybe they were thinking of the, the playoffs. Uh, um, I'm not too sure. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how, it, as, as Daryl says, interesting to see how we can get through this game this week um, 90 minutes, the possibility of extra time in penalties. So, you know, is it going to stretch us a little bit? Um, are we on sort of, are we running on fumes right now? And, you know, having got, you know, just, just crept into it. We'll obviously we'll find out on uh, six o'clock on, on Saturday or not, but it's going to be an intriguing game. I think there's, there isn't too much to separate the two sides. I don't think. No, no, uh, absolutely right. And like I say, they, they've got their injury problems and the same as well in midfield, in, in O'Brien and, and Doyle. They've got people top side of 30, Doyle's 39, uh, O'Brien I think he's 32, 33, something along those lines. So, you know, the likes of young Jack Clark might give them a real a real hard time. But they've got a, a fairly set defence, haven't they? Rawlinson has been at the heart of, of, of their... Uh, back line all all season and played most of the uh, the the games. So yeah, it, it is intriguing, Stuart, isn't it? It's an intriguing uh, uh, matchup. It, yes, it certainly is. It um, my goodness, it's hard to 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 pick a winner. I think um, you know, and that's a, a great compliment to ourselves. I think that, that even after all that we've been through, you know, sort of only waking up until after we played nine or ten games and and then you know sort of all the bits dropping off in the last few games of the season that, we, that we've seen to still be there is just fantastic really um but it is going to be it may, it may not particularly be hard but it's difficult to sort of know how we're going to go about doing it you know against all the players that you mentioned um so we've got some good players in that team and the manager seems to be a thoughtful sort of chap doesn't he um you know and yeah, both, astute both. Yeah, you know both both under um, 40, aren't they? The two managers, young mm. managers, uh, uh, Birchnell done his apprenticeship in Scandinavia. That's nice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, yeah, obviously he's got different ideas, picked up in a different environment. And uh, mm. yeah. like you said, Stuart, it seemed to be a few weeks before Notts County got it. But when they did get it, mm. they've, uh, they've done well, pretty well. And, and, knocked, and just knocked to, out of the trophy, the, weren't they? But good yeah. on. Yeah, and what you were saying, Paul, about the game against Bromley, whether they were just concentrated on the playoffs. Well, their team seemed pretty strong. I looked at the team that they played, and you know, it, it was wouldn't have been a surprise if they'd have needed to have won against no. to, to make the playoffs. There was no mass changes. No, and, and and what they needed to do, they had to win it or do it in their own hands to confirm a home spot. And yeah. in the mm. end, they relied on other results to get into that yeah. position. Yeah. It's not exactly what the manager wanted. So, you know, maybe there's a little chink in the in the armour there. But I don't think we've got anything to fear in particular. Look, we're going to be the underdogs going into it. You know, that that's that's how it is. So, um, you know, it's just whether we can, you know, battle down, battle down the hatches and uh, and try and get through it, be it extra time penalties or whatever. Because I think it's going to, I think personally it's going to go that far. So I think it's going to be one of those heart-stopping type of things, I'm afraid. And assuming, Daryl, assuming everybody who was available last week is available again this week, yeah. uh, would you would you go in unchanged? Would you have Whittling for Taylor? Would yeah. you uh, would you bring Whelan in or McCourt? I'd definitely have Whittling. 
uh, away, you were talking about they like to get crosses into the box. When we yeah. played down there, we stopped every cross getting into the box by playing Carlisle on one side. I think, I'm sure it was Whittle on the yeah. other. Uh, and I think he'll do exactly the same thing again. First job is to stop them playing, uh, and then we impose our game on them. And I think you made a good point, Paul. If we think this pressure on a Chesterfield manager to get up, it, it's, oh, it's, it's heat. tenfold at knots. It's oh. tenfold at knots. Yeah. They, they think they've got a divine right, like we all do when we come down. Mm. Um, and I happen to stumble across, I don't know if you've ever kept, come across it, a Notts County talk or, or something. Uh, like Notts County Mad, is it? No, it was a, like a podcast a, a right. or something that I stumbled across the other day. And they were all saying, oh, not this, not that, not the other. And one of the guys said, yeah, I'm, I'm really not worried about it. But if you remember back when Chesterfield came here, that was the worst knots played all season. Now, that did we have a bad day or were Chesterfield that good tactically? Yeah. And I well, think we were that good tactically. Yeah, so at the, uh, well, t- at the time, it was we were that good and stopped them playing. They yeah. couldn't believe how good we were. Yeah. And the manager noted that Neil Ardley at the time as well afterwards. Yes. He said he said he, they gave us a tactical masterclass in another words, yeah. you know, so, yeah. you know, that's what they did. So, you know, maybe that's they put shoved in their, their worst performance, but maybe. But uh, I, I, th- I definitely <coughs> think it was Chesterfield that forced the issue there. Yeah. And, and interesting story. Danny Rowe. Danny um, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. so. Yeah. Denanga had a very good game down there, playing up front with the Santi. Denanga ran his socks off and ran their back three all over the place. Yeah. Mm. Maybe, maybe he gives him an hour? I don't know. Well, I think personally it'll be... Rowe seems to like playing in that lone striker role where he's got runners either side coming in and whatnot. So I, I I think that he he seems to prefer that. I know he drops deep again, but allows Clark and Mandeville to push further forward. If it's not quite working after 60, then there's Tyson, or as you say, perhaps even uh, uh, um, Denanga, if he, if he can make the bench, that is, really. Um, uh, but I, I think that would be the, 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 the perfect scenario. I think Rowe's got something in him there which can make a goal out of nothing. Yeah. Um, Whittle for Taylor, the only change for me from yes. the starting yeah. 11. And, 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 I, and I agree. Yeah. And I agree with Whittle going. He seems more solid. You remember Taylor at Hartlepool got run ragged in that first yeah. half, didn't he? So. Well, he's tactically taken Taylor off twice at half-time. Hartlepool away, Halifax away. There's a bit of an away theme there where the home team are just pushing on that little bit more. And yeah. uh, Taylor has been fantastic in some of the home games. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. And, of course, you know, when was the last time we were thinking that Liam Mandeville would have a nailed-on position in the uh, in the starting eleven? You know, he's he's earned that from from last week, hasn't he? And definitely, he yeah. will he will be on the oh the manager said I've got a I've got a future at this club last week post match at Halifax, so it's uh, it's potentially his last opportunity to uh, yeah to achieve that, isn't it? I wonder whether he might go a little bit more solid and bring put Clark on the bench and put McCourt in. No, just to sort of shoulder things in the middle of the park if he wants to wants to do that, and you know, just allow a little bit more freedom. But 
because it stops an extra body going forward. But we know yeah. Jack McCaw mm. likes to go forward, doesn't he? But not as much as Clark does. Yeah, he's not he's not got the mobility of, of or the type of mobility of Clark and Mandeville. And I think it's that mm. number ten role that he likes the double number ten. And it yeah. does seem to yeah, Rose made it work. When he was trying that earlier in the season, I don't think it was working. But it no. works when <laughs> Rose there. Yeah. Mm. I agree. I think I think Danny brings out the best in Danny Rowe. I think with him as a as a lone striker with runners around him. Mm. So I, I I certainly think that's where he's uh, performs at best. So just shown by that goal in the the opening goal against Dagenham. So, yes. No. Mm. No. No. I, 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 absolutely. And the uh, and the nerves of steel as well at the penalty. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which you know, even at the time we were all looking at the big big screen and the clock. But it was it was almost next morning when I was thinking about writing my piece for the for the website that you realise how late it actually was. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. 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 <laughs> when you actually physically write eighty seven down or whatever, and then we all knew there'd be plenty of additional time because it had taken three or four minutes for the penalty to get taken. Yeah. But it was yeah the nerves of steel with all of the antics from the Dagenham. Yeah. Uh, and then he waits for all that to settle down and then goes and picks a ball up off of a cone, doesn't he? Yes. And goes back and puts it on the spot. Yeah. Anybody want yeah, to make no, any more? You know, he's just not bothered, is he? Yes. He's no. really good, yeah. yeah. No. yeah. Very good. No, uh, and certainly isn't one for for great celebrations. I think if Tina takes a photograph of him scoring the winner, <laughs> celebrating scoring the winner at Notts County or even at Ashton Gate... I don't think there'll necessarily be something that makes it look like he's scoring the winner in a, in a no. playoff tie. Oh, he's no. like in a world of his own, doesn't he? Yeah, he's like he's yeah, playing yeah. his own game. Norton Lee must have smiled more when he cut the sophie in half. <laughs> <laughs> that, that first goal he scored, actually, the Dagenham one, was, was him all over, having watched it in previous seasons. Took up an intelligent position, didn't actually move, just stood still. Ball came to him. First touch killed it. Second touch bottom corner gone. Yeah, yeah. and with his yeah. wrong foot as well. I, 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 I disagree slightly on that. I think his first touch, he was trying to get it onto his right foot. <laughs> he, he killed it for his left foot, but I think he was trying to knock it onto his right foot. But he had the uh, the the immediate thought to, well, I can I can kick left footed, so let's take it left footed, you know. So, uh, but it was it was a and and what a uh, um, there was some really good running off the ball as well to create yeah. the space. And Jack mm-hmm. Clark did really well, didn't he, as well? He's, uh, yeah, I, I can't believe that Jack Clark won't be at this football club next season. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the only way is if he's anywhere higher, on it? Yes. Uh, yes. yes. Someone in League Two makes an offer. Uh, absolutely. And whilst, you know, I don't want to particularly talk about, you know, who will go at the end of the season because hopefully we've got another few games to to go but you know the likes of Dinanger and Yusuf and and uh, Mitchell ha- I don't think have done what the manager would have hoped for um we talked about Kerr earlier on he's only here for the for the rest of this season you know maybe maybe he could be sort of given some sort of short term deal whilst he gets fit and then see what it you know See what it's like at, at that point in time. It'd be it'd be a big risk or a, a big bang on the budget, wouldn't he, to sign him up when Hollis and Asante are not going to be around until Christmas time or, yeah. or worse. So to have yeah. a have a third one in that's a long term, I just think he's unlucky. So, but obviously Roe rates him, so it wouldn't surprise me if he gave him a six month deal 
on a you know get fit basis. Yeah. And we'll see where we are on January the first or something like that. I don't mm. know. But uh, um, yeah, I, 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 the the big question. We've talked about Mandeville, and I think we want the manager said last week there's a, a, a good chance that he might still be here next year. But the big question is with, is with Evans. You know, Obviously, he'll be at the top end of the pay scale, one would imagine. Blown out, but come back in and done a really, really, really good job. So it's a... Mm. It, it's a will the manager swallow his pride a little bit and, and give him an extension? Will Evans want to sign it if it's on a lower lower wage scale who knows who knows but mm. i'd be tempted at this moment in time i'd be tempted uh, i can no, see daryl sure. <laughs> he's making notes i'm going to say that um to me we'll get better value for money somewhere else yeah, that's what, that's what I say. It's all about it's about the pound notes, isn't it? Yeah. And ju- judging by the players he's brought in at, at what we know or what reputedly is a lot lower cost, then I I think he can find a, a better replacement for eleven. And, and that's it will come down to a degree to economics. Yes. Mm. Um, mm. What division we're in and economics, but. I think I think we do appreciate more now the value of a player than we've we've ever done. Mm. Um, now we've got oh. some that's actually got national league nows. Yeah, well we need him, don't we? That's the yeah. thing. Mm. Right now we need him. Yeah. Um, so you know, and he's working his way into people's minds, albeit maybe not at Chesterfield. You know, no, so no, he's I'm certainly sure putting performances for other clubs maybe that may want to take him up at the end of the season. So they know he's out of contract. Mm-hmm. So. You know, the, the, there's another question as well. Montgomery, does he earn another another deal, isn't it? So, because Grant Smith's here for next year. Now, Grant Smith was with the the team on Saturday, wasn't he? I saw him on the pitch celebrating with the uh, the, the other players. So, we need another goalkeeper. Is Montgomery? Yeah. Gonna be getting another deal? Well, I'd be perfectly happy if they were the two goalkeepers at Chesterfield next season. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That would be my least worry. Uh, I, I, I I think. For, for absolute sure so um, but anyway we need to know what division we're in first of all don't we that's true yes yeah. 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 We are. And, and of course it's a massive difference that the football league starts a couple of weeks earlier it was yeah. only a couple of weeks off uh, I mm. think if, if we do make it and I'm sure most of the players will be happy enough with that but yeah, um, yeah the, it, it is a, a big difference for a, a number of reasons pre-season reasons and level of football reasons yeah. what division but it sounds like the season tickets are going well Daryl you probably have a better insight than us they seem to be rolling along pretty well yeah the um, the word last week was that they were overwhelmed by how many they'd already sold and the nearer we got to last Saturday the more they were selling so um, I can only imagine God forbid if we win again on Saturday, there'll be another. Yeah, because early bird end of the, to the end of the, the month, isn't it? And mm. and it has to be said, Stuart, as well. What a phenomenal job was done behind the scenes for that Dagenham and Redbridge match. Uh, 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 and it ought to be a, a legal requirement of the powers that be to make sure these people sitting in all four corners of the ground, because it was it felt a lot more than. The, yeah. the, the the three thousand that were there, didn't it? That well, the, yeah, the, everybody absolutely right across the ground. It, mm. it was phenomenal. And there were obviously people who would normally be sat in a larger group on the cop, who were in slightly smaller groups on on each of the sides, you know, and that helped make such a difference. 
Mm. Um, yeah, the, the the people who worked behind the scenes to get that game on, um, absolute heroes, all of them. You know, I, I, I've done a bit of work on COVID safety and stuff like that with where I am. Um, and it's not an easy thing to do. Um, it, 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 you know, it, it, it's very demanding to get all that sort of stuff done properly, ready for when the guy comes around, you know, to say yay or nay. Mm. Um, and, and they've all done a fantastic job, all the volunteers, all the people on the trust that have organised it, you know. Uh, and, and the it's stadium. a real good community sort of thing yes. now. Yeah, you know? and the and I, I, I don't want to go well, talking about all the old lot, but I venture to suggest that there might not have been that much cooperation from from some you know, from some of the fan base. Um, you know, yeah, for for some substitute any perhaps. Yeah, well, yeah, you know. But but that's that's all behind us now, and that's all part. You know that optimistic kind of rush that that we have is 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 all part of the success that we're enjoying at the moment as well i think yeah but they say the stadium ball looked absolutely magnificent as well didn't it really yes i only caught it on uh, on the stream um but it looked a picture and the pitch mm. looks magnificent by the way it's uh, the back end of the the season because at one stage it was getting a bit ropey so i don't know if whether they've increased the budget to to move up to the next level of pitch preparation i'm not sure but uh you know maybe they've gone from bronze to, to silver i don't know but it's uh it looked a real it looked a real picture uh it looked very very good and i was yeah i i, I, I agree uh with you i think that all four uh stands having chestful fans is magnificent you know uh you know, if they if if, if town are unfortunate next season to still be in the national league, then it should be a prerequisite that they all go in the yeah. uh, in the corner and up yours you, the rest of the uh, thing. If you could find a way to allow people to walk from one end to the other, you know, <laughs> like they those used were the to. days, weren't they? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. The <laughs> Just bung the away fans in that little corner of the east stand. You know, <laughs> give everybody a, give everybody on the south stand a pass out to go pass, and yeah. you know run round the block and go in the north stand uh, to the second I, half. I, I, I never want to criticise the efforts of other clubs, but I was astounded that there were only eight hundred and whatever it was at Halifax. Yeah. Mm, Absolutely, yeah. astounded. a game game that they could have got in the playoffs if they'd have won. They needed other yeah. things to get their way as well. But my word, you know, it, it, it's. And you could stand as well for yeah. those who don't like mm. seat. Now you could stand. And was that yeah, their first sell sell seated tickets, weren't they? But then mm. they opened up and they the got room. the the end open, didn't they? Was that their first game with fans? Yes. Yeah, yeah, they were away the previous well, week. You'd, you'd have thought even if they were bottom of the league or something, you'd have thought people would have wanted to come out, wouldn't you? Yeah, they'd be. Maiden had away, I think, the previous week when Maiden had a, had a guy sent off, didn't they? If I remember. Mm. Uh, but yeah, and um, that said, they made a great noise. No, but, but um, yeah, when I saw my position, we were unfortunately inside, and you couldn't see the main stand. You couldn't see how many people were in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the end, um, Adam Collins, the, the Sparrows police guy, was walking past, and I asked him if he'd heard the crowd, and he said it was eight hundred and something. I thought what? Yeah, yeah. I know in the old days, Halifax always used to get one thousand and two. <laughs> still the election and you, they never wanted to go mm. sub a thousand yeah, yeah we, we've had 1001 up there watching yeah, us yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah of late they've been getting yeah more decent crowds than that and i was very surprised that that uh, um you know w- w- was all it was and they were allowed to sell a lot more tickets than that it wasn't that, that was the limit of tickets they they, they mm. could have sold 2000 so uh, re- really surprised 
yeah. on, on that. So such is such is life. So okay, well, um, we are recording this during the first half of England against Austria. And Paul sort of said, well, we need to see at least the second half, don't we? So uh, we better wrap up with a prediction for uh, for Notts County. And I'll, I'll just point out that uh, uh, a couple of our successful journeys in history have uh, involved matches at Notts County. Of course, winning the Anglo-Scottish Cup there with Alan Crawford's last minute of extra time, little back heel flick. And our first match of the successful 2011-12 Johnston Pate Trophy was a 3-1 victory, Meadow Lane. So... Meadow Lane and success have gone hand in hand before. So predictions, who shall we go to first? Who looks uh, as though they're not trying to catch my eye? Uh, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've sort of said what I think it'll go, haven't I? I think it'll be nil-nil, extra time, Chesterfield win on penalties. That's what I'm going to go for. Mm. Fourth successful shootout of the season. Yes. And then get kicked out. (laughs) (laughs) Stuart I I think well you've got to go you've got to say we're going to win aren't you and I think we'll win it in normal time it'll probably be 1-0 yeah I'd go with exactly the same scenario as that uh, goal halfway through the second half we don't we don't do first half we don't no no but is it four in the last 14 we've scored in the first half and Daryl is going to uh, be the last predictor Oh, dear. Um, we're going to win the game. We're going to win it quite comfortably. 3-1. Three. Uh, two for Mr. Rowe. I don't mean the one that's in the stands. Uh, hopefully two for Danny Rowe and one for the old man Tyson against his old club. Oh. Yes, because we never mentioned the touchline ban, have we, my word? No. <laughs> oh, well, out of time. <laughs> <laughs> So well, we've uh, yeah. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. I'd love to think that we'll be back for uh, for another one before the season's uh, finished, yeah, I, and we I, might I, even mention a Euro or something. Paul's got his hand up. I was just going to say, like, obviously, we'll do it uh, if we manage to get through. I, I would think that we'd be available for another one next week. Yeah, previewing the uh, <laughs> previewing the possibility it would of be an unlucky extra. Not so, to. Yeah, but we also might find out. We might have to do one anyway because we also might find out the retained list and and yeah. whatnot. So uh, well, we'll, I think we'll either way, we'll be back as soon as we're not in it anymore, won't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Either not in it because we've won it, or not in it because we've not won it. Yeah. But uh, but I will fess up straight away. I will end the podcast with a fess. I Ooh. confess, I have booked a hotel in Turkey. Hmm. All right. But that's done it. That's done it. Then that's torn it. Wait for a couple of days, and it just so, just so happens All right. to be in the Turkey vicinity. <laughs> so, uh, but I have Friday and Saturday night in Turkey. Week. Well, it's a very nice holiday destination, isn't it? Phil? It is. Yes. 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 So some some good will come out of it because <laughs> if it wouldn't be for the players, I wouldn't have booked the weekend away in Turkey. So, and I tell you what. I tell you what, flipping heck, I looked at the price of travel lodging and they were wanted 245 quid for two nights in travel lodging. We've, I've stayed at the Turkey one before. I won't pay anywhere near that for that. So, so we won't pay to a nice hotel that you pay a reasonable amount of money to, but you feel as though it's, it's the yeah, right yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my problem then, we don't get there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, so thanks uh, as ever to Stuart Paul and Daryl and uh, me, Phil. And do you know what? Who would have thought this after we played Notts County last time? I didn't. Cheers.
And if you like this podcast, then don't forget to subscribe. Please rate and review us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and many of your favourite podcast providers. It's a glorious victory at Chesterfield.